0: Every part of your vehicle serves a purpose, especially your tires. When they aren't right, it makes a big difference in safety. So, find great deals on trusted brands of automotive and specialty tires for farm machinery, utility vehicles, and more at Blaine's
1: Farm and Fleet. If you're a gardener, it's that time of year where you are harvesting, canning, pickling, or leaving zucchini on your neighbor's porch. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and Heather Quackenboss, a UW Extension specialist out of La Crosse, reminds us how to keep our food safe when we're preserving it and how to maintain and acquire the correct tools. You know, we, we
0: started the season with our jams, right? Usually the berries are first, so strawberry jam and raspberry, blueberry. We maybe did peaches, and all of those can be safely done in a hot water bath. And now we're getting into some vegetables which don't necessarily have the acidity. And we have to think about, is this acidic enough to only put in a hot water bath or do I need my pressure canner? And for the most part, if something's pretty acidic, so your tomatoes are probably fine in a hot water bath. Depending on what you put in them, if you decide, I'm just going to make some salsa with a lot of basil and garlic, we might need to think about the pressure canner. If you're going to can spaghetti sauce and add meat, we definitely need the pressure canner. So that acidity is going to be important when you're looking at what to can and a great place to find that. And what we link to at Extension is the National Center for Home Food Preservation. So you know, okay, this needs A hot water bath, and this definitely needs a pressure canner.
1: Yeah, I think people forget sometimes that canning food is really a science. (laughs) And there is a place for people to get that information. Can you tell me again what what that was, the National... The National
0: Center for Home Food Preservation and what they have. If you are interested in canning, freezing, drying, pickling, they have a lot of science-based recipes. And one would think, oh, you just throw things in a jar, put some water in there, maybe a little salt. That's what I kind of remember grandma or mom doing. And there are a lot of recipes and research behind these recipes. So it is important to really look at that and think about that. Not to say that I haven't said, hmm, I'd like to mix peaches and blueberries with my jam. That's not on the sure gel recipe packet. That's not necessarily found. So when you do decide, you know, I want to add something, when you're canning it, whatever ingredient needs a longer canning time, do that longer canning time.
1: Heather, I mean, in your position with UW Extension, what are some of those big questions you're getting from people this year? I mean, is that on the top of the list? You know, generally, pressure canners are honestly one of those questions we get a
0: lot of questions about because pressure canners are, frankly, scary. And I remember as a kid looking at this big behemoth of a thing on the stove that was spitting and angry and making terrible noises, and I wanted nothing to do with that. And in all honesty, those terrible noises is the venting and the steaming because a pressure canner inside gets hotter than just a hot water bath canner. And so that temperature can get above 212 degrees, which is what vegetables need. So when folks call in, they're like, okay, is this normal with my pressure canner? What do I need to look for? And what you need to look for on that pressure canner, if you have a gauge on that, we can test that gauge for you and make sure that it's accurate because you want the right pounds of pressure when you are canning something to make sure that it's going to be safe at the end. If you have a weighted gauge, you know, that's on there and it's going to rattle and make some noise. So that's very, very normal. You're also going to want to check your seal on the pressure canner to make sure that that rubber gasket is not cracked, that it's not leaking, that it's you know, bendy, that it can move a little bit and it's not getting hard like old rubber bands, that's not a good sign and you're going to need to replace that. So a lot of the questions we get is, is my pressure canner okay to use? And a lot of us, including me, are using pressure canners that we have gotten from our family and from generations ago. And honestly, those are pretty good you do need to replace that gasket sometimes you do need to really check the gauge if you have a gauge pressure canner most of the time those are going to be really nice to use and it's a little bit of nostalgia for us when we're doing it too
1: I like that we're talking about the tools and reminding people that those tools for the job also need to be maintained because if your food is not safe to eat Heather what do those consequences look like
0: Oh, you know, the, the worst thing is botulism. And in all honesty, in canned food, that's where we find it most. In botulism exists sometimes on fresh fruits and vegetables, which is why we wash them. But that bacteria can't grow in just in normal air. Once we put it in a jar and can it, that's when it's like, hey, here's my time to shine. We don't want that for botulism. So when we do can something, we, do, we can reuse jars as many times as you want. Jars can be reused all the time. The rings for those jars, those can be reused. The lids for those jars, we do need to replace those every year. Once you use a lid, then it's done. We need to throw that away just to make sure that we have the right seal and that our food is safe. Now, last year, we did have a canning lid shortage this year it, we can find them in stores. A lot of times you find them and there is a rule of only take two or you can only take three. There's a limit this year. And there's a lot of folks buying stuff online, which is okay. You just really want to make sure that it fits your jar, is good for your jar. And, you know, I, I did myself buy a few things online and there's some that don't have the rubber on the jar lid. So you do have to really check those When you do get them, I actually also this year had a lid, a ring that didn't quite fit on the jar. And, um, well, there was a little bit of a mess in the pressure canner after that. (laughs) So
1: sometimes, sometimes when you're like, oh, it'll be fine. No, it's not. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you brought up that shortage because we talked about that uh, earlier this summer, and we're still seeing one. Is that what you alluded to? Well, we are seeing things on the shelves. And there's more jars with the lids available. Just
0: the lids, it's a little bit tougher to find, but you, you, if you're looking for them, you can find them. And online, they're certainly there. I do have to say there's quite the price difference online than there are in the stores. There are folks who, are, or who have likely bought a lot and are deciding to sell them for quite a profit And so really, if you are going to look online, be sure that you're getting a quality product and make sure that you aren't getting, you know, a bad deal.
1: Heather, are you watching Supply on other things we use in canning, whether that's herbs, spices, or other ingredients people are using in their canning recipes?
0: You know, I haven't seen any shortage of any of the ingredients. Um, I know vinegar for a time last year was a little bit harder to find and I'm seeing vinegar on the shelves and that's something like right now we're starting to have pickles come out of our ears and zucchini is being left on everyone's porches because we have too much, right? And I am seeing that we do have enough vinegar to pickle and ferment our foods. Um, The other big one is salt and I haven't seen that not on the shelves. So I know we have I think we have enough salt. So a lot of the ingredients for that is there. And sometimes when we don't find things, we can modify. I mean, I think a lot of us have been baking at home and realize, oh, I don't have any eggs or I'm out of baking soda. What could I use instead? And sometimes we can find alternatives that work just fine.
1: As a new canner, um, I'm always looking for, I guess, the easy thing to do. And And I don't know what you've seen amongst beginners or if you've given advice, but what's an easy way to get started in canning your own food? You know, honestly, tomatoes are going to probably be one of your easiest. Tomatoes are so
0: versatile in being able to dice them or make sauce or crush them or have them whole. And the only part that you have to get a little bit used to is you take the skin off before you put them in that canning jar because otherwise that skin after you can, that's just gross, and nobody wants to eat that. So that's just blanching the skin a little bit. You put the tomatoes in boiling water and then put them in cold water, and then that skin comes off really nicely. Fortunately, for the last number of years, my kids have liked that, and for some reason, getting the skin off tomatoes is a kind of a fun thing for them. And But after you have those tomatoes prepared, they're going to be fairly easy to can because they can be in a hot water bath. And I know that feels a lot more accessible than a pressure canner. So tomatoes, salsa, things like that are going to be pretty easy. Pickling can be easy because of that acidity as well. You're using a lot of vinegar, and so it's going to be... a a little bit more safe for us to really know that our our food's going to be okay. Once you get into things like my beans are going gangbusters again, so I know, okay, beans I'm going to have to do, I need to do those in a pressure canner because they don't have the acidity, and I don't necessarily want to make dilly beans or beans that are pickled. So just canned beans are going to be a pressure canner. A lot of our vegetables after that, carrots, Um, zucchini, okra, those will need that pressure canner. And then once you store them, what what the best practice is, is to let everything cool. And once it's cool, take those rings off. And I know your jar looks a little bit naked after that once you take that ring off. But when you take the ring off, wash the jar, that helps because then you know if something's really not sealed. And when you pick it up and you're going to use it, you know, oh, wow, this was not sealed. I just need to throw this completely away because that's not going to be safe to eat. So it's, it's a little bit safer to take those rings off, wash them, store them for next year. So then all you have to buy next year instead of the jars, rings, and lids. You just need those lids.
1: I'm sure some of our listeners wish they had you on speed dial. (laughs) You know what?
0: This is why we are here. I mean, honestly, we can answer any questions that folks have for canning. And my number at the office is 608-785-9593. And we can answer your questions about food preservation or set up an appointment to have your pressure canner tested. I think it's amazing that folks are getting back to canning we're buying more local food. We're starting to grow more of our food. And it's really almost almost a throwback to, you know, what my mom or my grandmother or her grandmother did. And it's neat to know where things come from. And it's so nice to, in the middle of winter, pull something off your shelf and say, Wow, I made this. I preserved this. I have a little taste of the summer. Now in February when it's cold and miserable and I don't know if I'll ever be warm again. So it's really something neat to do and really does help our lives and our sustainability.
1: That's Heather Quackenboss, UW Extension Specialist out of La Crosse. And again, that phone number for you, 608-785-9593. To schedule an appointment to have UW Extension test your pressure canner. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.